0: Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope I find you well and I hope you found the recent episodes of interest. All those previous ones, be it the Nations League draw, the transfer window episode... Or the really popular episode with Lisa and her Macedonian street dog, Lexo. Well, they can all be found at your podcast provider of choice or 3lionspodcast.com. That Lexo episode is a real love story, that one. Uh, Which brings me nicely onto this week's episode. Bit of fun, this one. Maybe you're listening after opening up all those cards or... Boxes of chocolates, or whatever you've been given this Valentine's Day. Yes, it's a it's a silly little episode, a uh, a little space filler. My gift to you. Uh, an episode. Basically, it's an episode with some historical notes thrown in for fun to celebrate this day. I think you'll learn at least one thing from this episode. Uh, I've not done one like this before, to be honest, and. Chances are, I won't again. But here we go. <laughs> February the 14th, Valentine's Day. St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine. It's a Christian day of celebration for the 3rd century Roman saint, who was martyred and buried on the 14th, back in the year 269. He's patron saint of the Italian city of Terni epilepsy and beekeeping. See, I told you you'd learned something. From what I can gather, though, he had very little, if not anything, to do with modern-day football or the international game. So, I've found a barrel to scrape and been through the archives. But before I begin, I should credit both England Football Online and and England stats. If you ever surfing around on the net for some England information, go check them both out. Now the men's team haven't played in February for some time now. You have to go back to 2013 when we played Brazil at Wembley in one of the FA's 150th celebration matches. It's a game that we won 2-1 thanks to goals from Wayne Rooney and Frank Lampard. That, though, was the 6th of February. So I know what you're thinking. And yes, as I say, I've done the research. The men's team have played three times on Valentine's Day. Firstly, back in 1903, in a home match against Ireland, which was played at Wolves Molyneux Ground in a British Championships match, which we won 4-0. incidentally, this was a tournament where the title was shared by three nations, ourselves, Ireland and Scotland, all playing three matches and all finishing on four points, whilst Wales were left with the wooden spoon with no points to their name. England, Ireland and Scotland all won two and drew one, but England topped the group with a goal difference of plus four. So clearly those four goals against Ireland making the difference. So really, we should have been declared sole winners, in my opinion. Anyway, the next time we played on Valentine's Day was 11 years later, 1914, five months before the world would be turned on its head. Once again, Ireland were the visitors, hopping across the Irish Sea and heading to Ayrson Park, the then home of Middlesbrough. Ireland would beat England for the first time on our own soil, winning 3-0 in front of 25,000. Again, it was another British Championship game, a tournament that Ireland would win and England would finish third. Now, the war years followed when the tournament, for obvious reasons, didn't take place. Uh, In England, we wouldn't win the home championships again until the 1929-1930 season. The third and most recent match played on this day, you have to go back to 1973. England away to Scotland in a Scottish FA centenary anniversary match. Played up at Hampden Park on a pitch covered in snow. England we were 3-0 up within 15 minutes, thanks to a Peter lorimer own goal. Alan Clark of Leeds got the first of two, and Mick Shannon also scored. The second half saw Martin Chivers score before Clark got his second. Alf Ramsey in charge. He would almost be into his final year as manager of the Three Lions. Obviously, the result is great beating Scotland in an anniversary game on their own ground. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? When you look back at last year's 150th Scottish anniversary game that we (laughs) spoiled. But it is a game that is remarkable as such as it was captain Bobby Moore's 100th cap. And in doing so, he became the third English player to reach this milestone, following Billy Wright, and Bobby Charlton. So I bought the programme from eBay. There it is. Just here. Cost me more than the 10 pence it was priced at back in 1973. Uh, It's obviously very Scottish heavy celebrating that anniversary. But there's a full rundown of all the previous matches between the two back then, which at the time stood at played 89 and Scotland had the upper hand winning 35. England had won 32 with 22 draws. And I'm sure you'll be as surprised as I was when I tell you there is not one reference to Valentine's Day in it. St Mirren's Ground of Love Street gets a mention, but there's not even a, a tenuous link there. Ugh. They missed a trick. But let me take you to the centre pages, just where the teams are. And back then, they used to have a timing of events, things that would take place before the match kicked off. They don't so much have this sort of thing now, I don't think. Um, but let me just read this to you. So from 7pm until 12 minutes past 7 the combined bands of the junior pipers, drummers and bandsmen of the Scottish division. 7.12 until 7.22, there was a display marching of the air majorettes. 7.23 until 7.28, just cycling. Nothing more, nothing less. Cycling. Now, 7.28 until 7.43, a decorated float featuring the winner and finalists in the Daily Record Glamour Soccer Fan Competition. Miss Soccer Strip will throw footballs to the crowd as she circles the stadium. Well, that's very of its time, isn't it? <laughs> uh, then the... Uh, and it, bear in mind, it snowed at the time, so I'm not quite... Uh, sure if Miss Soccer Strip was wrapped up or not. Uh, But then the majorettes came back on, then the national anthems, then the game kicked off, then England beats Scotland (laughs) 5-0. England captain Bobby Moore collects his 100th international cap and Scotland celebrate a century of soccer at the Scotland versus England international at Hampden Park. England attack and Shannon shoots wide, but Lorimer tips the ball into his own net. One up for England. "'Channon heads the ball down, and Clark finishes it off. "'Scotland nil, England two. "'Chivers throws in towards the Scottish goal, "'and Channon sweeps it in off the post. "'England three. Second half, and Channon again. "'All the matches in his career, this is Channon's match. "'Lorimer takes a free kick, and Scotland scores, "'but the French referee rules offside. "'Chivers intercepts and turns the ball into the net. "'England four. "'Channon, like the Scarlet Pimpernel, "'here, there, and everywhere. Then Clark finishes a powerful run with a low cross shot. England five, Scotland near, and the shock hosts of Scotland don't know who to cheer. It would appear that various England amateur teams and youth level teams have also played on this particular date, but it would seem that the England women have only played on this date once. And I say England women, as back in two thousand eight, they weren't really called the Lionesses, but it was Valentine's Day 2008, away in Larnaca, Cyprus, where England women beat Norway 2-1 in a friendly game, a team that featured the likes of Alex Scott, Casey Stoney, Karen Carney, Pharrell Williams and Kelly Smith. Now, it's a date that has seen six capped England players born on four of whom played back in the late 1800s. But Burnley and Everton midfielder Martin Dobson won all five of his caps in 1974. Ipswich Town's Russell Osman won 11 caps between 1980 and 1983. But I think the most significant player born on this day, with regards to our national team, is Kevin Keegan. Born in 1951, he went on to play 63 times for England, scoring 21 times, and of course took over the managerial reins in 1999 for the Euro 2000 qualifier at home to Poland, winning 3-1. He took us to the Euros before giving it all up after a defeat to Germany in 2000, in the last match to be played beneath the old, twin towers of Wembley sadly though it is a day where we also lost one of England's finest back in 2014 Sir Tom Finney passed away aged 91 a one club man 433 games for Preston North End between 1940 and 1960 and 76 England caps between 1946 and 1958, where he scored 30 goals, one of which was on his debut in a 7-2 victory away to Ireland. And at one point, he was England's top scorer, sharing the record with Vivian Woodford and Nat Lofthouse. Where else can we go with this Valentine's theme? No player has represented England with the surname Valentine. Wales under 21, they've had a player, uh, Ryan Valentine. And Nigeria currently have Valentine Osanoir Waifor, who plays for Sochaux in France. Uh, But it doesn't appear to be the most common of names for footballers. The surname Love hasn't appeared for England but has done for Brazil. Wagner love. And would you believe it? Against England. 2007, that first game at the New Wembley. Love was in the starting 11 for Brazil that day. So we move on a little tenuously. Tim Flowers. Who hasn't given flowers for Valentine's Day? Uh, Tim Flowers won 11 senior caps between 1993 and 1998. Ten of those whilst with Blackburn Rovers, who he famously won the Premier League with in 1995. And out of those 11 caps, he was only on the losing side once against Brazil in 1995. But with David Seaman, the number one choice at the time, Flowers, well... He was always the backup keeper. Uh, There was another Flowers, Ron Flowers, a full-back from Wolves who played 49 times for the Three Lions between 1955 and 1966. He was actually a squad member for the 66 winning side. Ron, though, passed away in November of 2021. We continue. Joe Hart. Told you, they'd be tenuous, as it is spelt H-A-R-T. England's number one for a considerable time. 75 caps between 2008 and 2017. He actually wore the captain's armband on two occasions. Both times, though, when players were subbed off. Speaking of armbands, I'll come to that in a bit. There was another heart, Leeds United's Ernie Hart. Eight caps between 1928 and 1934 as a centre-half. There have been two Roses who have played for England. Danny, I'm sure, is the one who comes to mind first. 29 caps whilst playing for Tottenham. He was a member of the 2018 Russia World Cup squad. But there was also goalkeeper Billy Rose who won five caps between... 1888 and 1891. And on his debut against Ireland, he was at the time England's youngest player, aged just 22 years and 84 days. Now some would say that a pair of swans are a symbol of love, an animal that is known to mate for life. And of course, when two face each other, they form a heart-like shape. Which brings me to Sheffield Wednesday's Peter Swan. 19 appearances between 1960 and 1962 as a centre half, although that's only half the story. I remember my grandad, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, telling me about Peter Swan. He, alongside two other Wednesday players, were involved in a betting scandal that saw him sent to prison for four months and banned for life. Apparently, it was a huge deal at the time, just as it is now. Uh, his ban was later to be overturned, but it was a costly mistake. As apparently Alf Ramsey had previously said to him, he could well have been part of the 66 team. Now, I mentioned armbands. There was, of course, the one love. Captain's armband, intended to be worn during the Qatar World Cup, designed to promote inclusion and send a message against discrimination of any kind. It was a white armband with a rainbow-coloured heart on it, with the number one within it, designed to be worn with other European nations. FIFA, however, put the kibosh on it days before the tournament commenced, saying that players would be booked if they took to the field wearing it. The FA and England decided that as a team, we couldn't risk Harry Kane receiving a yellow card before a ball had been kicked and stepped back from the campaign. So, let's dim the lights, put some music on. What to choose? Well, I mentioned Kevin Keegan, born this day, 1951 back in 1979 he had his eyes on the pop charts and released a single called Head Over Heels In Love You me a stranger Last for time Danger Then there's New Order's World in Motion, which of course has the lyrics Love's Got the World in Motion. Love's Got the World in Motion, and I know what we can do. Love's Got the World in Motion, and I can't believe it's true. Great tune. And of course, there's the adaptation of Atomic Kittens, Whole Again. Southgate, you're the one. And finally, I guess, the heart goal celebration. Making the shape of a heart with your fingers and hands. Gareth Bale was doing it back in 2012. Didn't do it, though, against us in 2016, though. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has since done it, as has Angel Di Maria. Ella Toon was seen doing it for the Lionesses after she scored against Australia in last year's World Cup semi-final. But I guess the ultimate celebration of love was seen during the 1994 World Cup as Bebeto, Romario and Mazzino all cradled and swung their arms to celebrate the birth of Bebeto's third child, Mateus, who incidentally plays the game And has won four under 20 Brazil caps. Now I'm making you feel old, aren't I? (laughs) But I think I've dragged this out as much as I can. Uh, Maybe you can think of some more. Let me know. Drop me a line on social media. Just search 3 Lines Podcast, And I'll be back with another episode very soon. Not sure what it'll be about just yet. But stay subscribed and you won't miss it. So until then, take care. Lots of love. Cheers.